a bit of the quiet life. I want a bit of shelf indulgence. If there is reading, give me all of it. Join the show on the Microbrew Radio. Listen to Jim, Wendy, and Emily. Join in the conversation. I want to hear it. I want to read it. I want a bit of shelf indulgence. I want to hear it. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Shelf Indulgence, Microbrew Radio's weekly dose of everything bookish. And we've got a special episode this week because we're doing a desert island library and I am joined by one of the great minds of the mothership. Matt, welcome to the show. Hello, thank you. Thank you for having me. Back oh, again. Absolute pleasure. Feels, You've always been a fantastic Feels like a while since I've been on You have. Yeah, it has yeah. been a while. So before we get into your list, Matt, let's, let's look at your, your, your um, journey of reading. Is it, is it a lifelong love of books or is it something that came later in life? How did you, how did you find books when you were a child? Uh, I, I, did, I used to love books when I was a kid, um, but it, would be, it was reading them on my own that I had difficulty with. Yeah. Um, so as soon as it got to a point where it was like, you know, you, got, you start reading on your own, that was when I kind of dropped them um, until I found comic books. Yeah. And that really sort of changed everything. So that would probably be maybe 12 or 13 when I started reading Spider-Man books. Yeah. And then from there, it was just absolutely drenched in comic books. And then it wasn't until, I'd say probably in my 20s, I started getting back into, you know, like novels and, and books without pictures, essentially. Oh, you don't have to choose books without pictures. You don't. You don't have to. But that was when I started reading books with it. Yeah. Before that, I strictly did not. So, <laughs> yeah. I know, um, I but know. yeah, and then and then you know, since then, I you know, I read every day now. So it's you know, just constantly super trying to get reading in no matter what. Well, I'm looking forward to this. So let us delve into your Desert Island Library. I should say, for those who uh, perhaps aren't familiar with the concept, Desert Island Library is something we do where we ask somebody to imagine they're being shipwrecked on a desert island and they've only got 10 books they can take with them. Um, I don't know where we got the concept from. Some I don't know, something to do with music. I don't, yeah. But um, we do say you get given a religious volume of your choice should you t- wish to take one, and the complete works of Shakespeare. So you haven't got a pressure worrying about putting those two in your... Oh, uh, good, yeah, good. your selection. <laughs> I know you were, you know, yeah, I mean... for the great works, yeah, the that's works of Shakespeare, yeah. All of, you know, yeah. it's going to fill a lot of time while you're on the island, isn't yeah. it? Oh, so you well, do want it on there. I mean, there are several... I mean, I, I love Shakespeare, I'm a big Shakespeare fan. Yeah, yeah. But if I was, if I'd got the great, the complete works, there are several bits that probably, if I was struggling for a fire... And that, that's there. <laughs> yeah. That's there for you, that's just there. in case. You know, Troilus and Cressida is not a great one. Yeah, um, you can always rip around the edges of the yeah. words, so yeah, yeah, yeah. they're still yeah. there. It's just you're not as bothered about those yeah. pages. And once you've learned the play, yeah, you know, well, there you go. Yeah. The animals of the island, you're, you're fine. Anyway, um, <laughs> onto your list, Matt. What is your first choice for us? Okay, um, number one. I, d- I didn't really do them in any order. I that's don't know if fine. you're supposed no, to. No, no, it's fine. Cool. Um, but I went with um, this. Is one that I've read a few times um and it's sort of the you know i kind of did try to go for sort of the quintessential comic book thing so it is a superman book uh, it's all-star superman uh, and this is by grant morrison and frank quietly okay so there's obviously a lot of superman comic yeah, books out yeah. there so what is it about this one that makes the great so this this is uh, 
what's so good about it is that it kind of encapsulates everything Superman is um, in what is essentially, it's sort of like an end to the Superman story without being. So I think it was initially meant as sort of this is this will be what would be the end as written by Grant Morrison, who is very big in comic books um, and he's done TV and stuff as well. Uh, but this is really like, so each each sort of chapter is a different story. Okay. Um, with sort of a different villain, a different character. It's not always got villains in, but it's a, it, each one sort of says everything about what Superman has been over the years um, while still all kind of going to one. So it sort of starts off um, and he, he has to save someone. There's some sort of, it's like something going on on the sun. There's some study right, being okay. done on the sun. Um, and then something goes wrong. So he has to go to the sun to save them. And he, if you know Superman, that's how he gets his powers from the sun. Yeah. He essentially gets overcharged right. and gets a form of cancer. Oh, dear. Um, and then that's, so the, the whole story is he knows how long he's got to live. And it's everything he's going to do within those 12 issues. So Superman's bucket list. Yeah, essentially. Um, great concept. Yeah, really great concept. And, it, and it's sort of finally, so there's obviously, there's loads of, because it's been going on for so long. Yeah, you know, he's, he's getting on now, Superman. Yeah, he's he's approaching 100, I think. Wow, um, looks good on it. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely in his, I'm trying to think now, well, it's 38, so that's when it was made, first issue. He's the first ever superhero, so it is like you know the original and best. Yeah, well, one off, definitely. Yeah, it, it, you, you know, you, you you've got to give him that. He's uh, he's got it all. Um, but yeah, it's 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 got all these stories, and there's loads of stories that have, you know, they've been they've gone on for ages, probably finished a few times, but then someone didn't like that version, so they just brought it back. Yeah, as as is with comics, quite a lot. Um, but because of that, it, you know, you, you're able to end all the stories here. With a way without ending them for everyone else, sort of thing. Yeah. So you can still do what you want with them. But, you know, he, d- he decides he's going to fix all the things he never could and, and stuff like that. So it, it really is it's a, it's a good character study. It's, it's one of the best representations, I think, of Superman. Um, and there's, like a, there's, there's, there's bits in it that really highlight what, like, uh, for Superman, it is easy to think, like, what does he do? He flies in, punches a baddie, saves the day. And that really, yeah. that isn't Superman. Like, that's what, Everyone just assumes, because that's what it's always been. Yeah, turns up, stops the massive bomb. Yeah, laser eyes. Whereas this story kind of shows that what you know, Superman's the most human of all superheroes, even though he's the one that isn't human. Yeah. So he's Kryptonian. He's an alien. He's always wanted to fit in, but he's also the most human. He's he's sort of like his superheroing doesn't isn't just stopping trains when they're about to fall off the cliff or, you know, punching a robot and, and blowing it up. It's, you know, there's, there's a bit where he talks someone off a roof wow. and, and stuff like that. And it's, you know, everything that Superman should do in, you know, yeah, yeah. What, every, what people need as a superhero. And I think that's what's so good about this story. So Fantastic. that's why it's, you know, that's, that's why it's on my list. It's superb. An excellent choice. So what's number two then? Number two... Well, um, this was difficult, really. Um, Batman okay. is one of my favourites. So, probably even my favourite, to be honest, superhero. Um, but it was like, how do you... I could make a list of just Batman stories, really. <laughs> yeah. Here are the uh, Batman books. Yeah, and it's like, well, 
I wanted to add a bit of flavour, so maybe not. So this is sort of my favourite Batman story, and this is really the one that got me... It's like the first one I read, so... Yeah. Uh, and still, I think, the best one I've read. Um, though it is difficult. But yeah, Batman, it's called Batman The Long Halloween. Okay. So this, a lot of uh, The Dark Knight was... Well, I say a lot. The Dark Knight was loosely based on this. So it kind of follows the Two-Face story and that yeah. sort of bringing him from his best mate, uh, which is not... I think it's, you know, always been there, but it's just done very well in this yeah. book. But what's so good about this book is that it shows off Batman as the detective. So which is, there's more to him than, again, in the same way as the last one of Superman, we've got more than just turning up in the kapows and the... Yeah, it's what's different about them. And, and I think what's so interesting about Batman, you know, it, everyone's got a reason, I guess, they get on with Batman. A lot of people might say, I like it that he's just, he's got no powers and, you know, anyone could be Batman. As long as they had the cash. Yeah, <laughs> and the, you know, absolute painful dedication that yeah. goes to be honest you've I, I personally think you've got more likelihood of turning out to be superman than you have batman but that's my view uh, it, but the, the idea that he is the world's greatest detective yeah and this is a detective story and it's a mystery it's a whodunit and it's got all of like all of the sort of well-known characters are in it all of them are suspects and it's trying to find out who murdered like basically, they've got the it's called the holiday killer. Yeah. So every time there's a holiday, so Christmas, Easter, April Fool's, you know, Halloween, someone is killed, but we don't know who's doing it, and that's what Batman's trying to figure out as as he goes along. I like it. That that sounds really really interesting. It's really good. It's it's um it's by it's written by Jeff Loeb. The art's by Tim Sale. It's got like a really, it's got a very sort of dark what you'd expect from Batman look to it, while still having the kind of that almost comic-y, cartoony appeal yeah. as well. Um, but yeah, it's just a real... Like, it is a really good murder mystery, as well as being a really good Batman story that says it's just everything you kind of, I think... Like, everything I want out of a Batman yeah. story is in this story. Before we get to option number three, can I just ask, being a passionate comic graphic novel reader, is there a line for you between comic and graphic novel is there a difference or to me no not really i know some people are they're a bit funny about it to me it's just if it's a collection you can call it a graphic novel i've i've always called them comic books and i probably always will it doesn't doesn't bother me at all it's kind of the original name for them yeah um but i suppose there's somewhere it's it tends to be if it's uh so say a comic book Here's how I would define the two comic books come in issues. A graphic novel might be released just as a one-off, yeah, as okay. as as a as a book rather yeah. than in in issues. But I think everyone's got their own preference on on that. Yeah, I'd, yeah. I just wanted to clear that up for some of our listeners who might not be as au fait with the genre. Yeah, there are people that are you know staunch. They they hate the idea of it being called a comic book. They think it demeans it, but I, I, I don't think it does at all. I think should be proud of that heritage yeah, of it entirely. You yeah. know, it's, it's a it's produced a very big industry. Yeah, de- oh, well, definitely. Yeah, you know, a lot of money has been made out of it. Yeah. Uh, okay, superb. So your third choice for us then, please, Matt. Okay, um, stepping away from comic books briefly. That's okay. That's um, allowed. To and to and fro. Um, so this is it's it's quite a recent book actually. Um, this is going to hurt. 
by Adam Kay. Yes. So there's been a series of this on BBC. Yeah. I've, I've, I've read the book. I read yeah, the book not long after it came out. Yeah, it's this was so I read this during lockdown. Yeah. And it was just sort of the perfect book because obviously NHS was big on your mind and yep. the idea that, you know, it wasn't really well, we know it's not well funded and it's kind of, you know, really struggling. This book kind of shows you how it was even before yeah. all that. And um it's just done in such a hilarious way. It's, it has it has it all, doesn't it? It's yeah. like it's it really laugh. makes you laugh. But it does it equally, you know, it'll make you cry. And everything in between. It's just a real like yeah. roller coaster, and it is just his life in a diary form. I'd, I'd love the idea of like you know the diary form. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a time tested format. Yeah, people enjoy reading diaries. They enjoy. It's a good way of getting an autobiographical experience. Yeah, but in nice little episodic slots. And it, and it's got that sort of, I guess, the freshness of the situation. And not only does that mean you get like what you would think is a closer version of what happened that day, but also the emotions that he's going through, yeah. you know, especially how sort of how angry he is at everything. Yes. Which you'll lately, you know, he does go back on because what's good is he's also written it. He's gone over it again, yes. hasn't he? So there's bits where he's kind of like, yeah, at the time uh, I was this angry, but you know, I can see now, but it all adds to the humor. Yes. Just really, really clever Really funny book, and just uh, you could read that over and over again. I think. Do you know the, the reason why I'm so glad you've chosen this book is it's one I've actually read, so I haven't got to add yeah. it to my pile. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it is a really good, funny book, and yeah. I definitely recommend it. So I'm glad you've chosen that one. Superb. So your fourth choice, then, please, Matt. Okay, my fourth choice. Um, this is um, the Tick, Naked City, the Naked City. Sorry. So this is again a comic book, um, and this is sort of a a spoof book. So you yeah. may have heard of the Tick. There's there's been a couple of series, cartoon series, and things like that. Um, and he's essentially a superhero that's an absolute buffoon, bit of, bit of a liability. Yeah, definitely. But he's he's pretty much invulnerable. Like I think his power is that he's nigh invulnerable. That's what he's always saying. Uh, but he's just got no brains whatsoever. And it's a really, especially, so this one sort of was done, I think, in the 90s. Um, ben Edlund wrote and uh, did the art on it as well. But it's just a really good take on comics at the time. During the 90s, you know, indie comics were massive. But then you look at the superhero comics and you've got, like, ninjas everywhere. Obviously, Ninja Turtles was massive, and this is why indie comics really were so big. But yeah, it just plays on all of that in a really, just a fun way. It's probably yeah. like one of the most fun books on the list. And you can just, it's really good for like, if you just want to have a good a no, good laugh and an easy read. Yeah, really, fun. really fun book. So yeah, I would recommend anyone that's into, you know, superheroes, this is just the comedy take you need sort of thing. Yeah, and, no, it, and I think this is something that, for me, when I first encountered The Tick, he, uh, he reminded me greatly of Thor from the original uh, Norse tales. Because, I mean, and, and we all know of Thor. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously through the Marvel world. And I think what Marvel in their later movies have actually done is they've reintroduced a little bit of the original Thor from the from the proper sagas. Yeah, I don't know if it's intentional, to be honest. I, I'm not sure, but Thor, Thor is not the most bright spark in no. the theme of the Norse gods. In fact, he's pretty much all brawn and no brains. Uh, yeah. 
Uh, and there's, there's some fantastic stories where Loki runs rings around him. And I think for me, when I first uh, learned of the tick, I'm like, oh, okay, we've got a bit of a thought. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, he is that, but without any sort of... I mean, he's got a sidekick, Arthur, who is um, essentially... He's an accountant that's decided to leave his work to become a superhero. And I think I just like the world that it's in as well, the fact that everyone's just a superhero just because... Well, they really want to be, yeah. you know. That's, you know, that is that is a is a plausible, strangely plausible future, yeah. isn't it? You know, if superpowers became a thing, yeah, half the people wouldn't have them. They'd just still be superheroes. I think. Yeah, you'd start getting superheroes, and then you'd start getting people like you know, yeah, just going out and joining in. <laughs> and I think that's there's something it's, about that that just yeah. really works. Certainly, um, it's making me think back to, um, and I'm having a senior moment. You'll probably know it. Um, <laughs> Uh, a, f- a superhero film that was out years ago uh, had the shoveler in it. Oh yeah, Mystery Men. Mystery Men. Yes, yeah. yeah. Which is that's I mean that's also from a similar comic book called um, Flaming Carrot. Yeah. So those guys are from that, and yeah, it, it just I think there was a big thing about it at the time because obviously superheroes were blowing up. Yeah. So the satire comes with it, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, definitely. And, and satire is an important part of literature. Yeah, and I'm surprised, I think because I guess the films have kind of become somewhat semi-satirical anyway, um, but you'd have thought that you know there'd be more of it around at the moment yeah. than, than there is. I, I'm quite surprised it's not gone that way. Things like The Tick maybe, and Flaming maybe, Carrot. Maybe it's to come. Maybe. I mean, I do think that possibly superhero films are on their way out a little bit. Or they need to reinvent themselves, and maybe that's where the world of satire could maybe that's it leap into the bound yeah i mean is that what deadpool's doing slightly yeah i suppose it is yeah and it's, yeah. I mean, it's done well yeah so superb i'm curious are you curious i'm curious about history about burton's history about people about the community i'm curious about all these things and i like to talk about them on a microphone <laughs> here i am Talk it away. If you'd like to do the same, and if you're curious, why don't you come down and bring your curiosity to Micro Brew Radio. Come on down and talk about everything you're curious about here on the show. Micro Brew Radio. It's a place for the curious. So your next choice for us then, please, Matt. Okay, quite fittingly. Obviously, you, I mean, you've just mentioned it, really. Uh, this is Norse Mythology oh, by Neil Gaiman. So, I yeah. Oh, it, he, it's a brilliant book. It really is. And obviously, I mean, you know, like yourself, I, do, I, do, I really don't know. And I think, I think pretty much probably everyone can say this, but there's something really interesting about mythology anyway. Yeah. Um, and I think what the, the thing I like the most about it is that it's both history and... It's like history, religion, and fiction all at the same all time. The same, so, all at the same time. Yeah. Um, and and it's sort of all of those things and none of those things all at once because, I mean, there's there's probably someone out there that believes it still. Yeah, I mean, certainly, I think it, it's a great area of interest to me. Um, and I know that the Norse people themselves, you know, these these weren't just gods. These yeah. these were these were everyday characters who might, t- they, you know, just keep your eye open because Thor might well turn up. Yeah, you know, where Odin may well just pop in for dinner. Um, Whereas, and and these stories might not necessarily be the stories 
because they I mean these were written by Christians yeah after after like, you event. know yeah yeah so it's one of those things where those things like Thor being you know a fool could just be you know them trying to sort of make it look silly it might not be at all like, we did we just we yeah, don't really no know hard and fast way of knowing no and they, and because they're not written down it's or everyone's stories are going to be different aren't yeah. they and but I think that's what's interesting about it, and I think Neil Gaiman's just done a really good way of oh, I mean, he's compiling a them, yeah, and then and then doing it in a way where he's sort of also telling you, just so you know, this this is sort of a, my take on it. It's not yeah. necessarily the stories, but I've tried to do it in a way that they all fit together, and and he's done it really well. And it's really, I mean, it would be an interesting story anyway. Oh but, yeah. But knowing that there's some sort of there's you know there's a past where people believed in you know. At least you know the bare bones of these stories. Oh yeah, it's, it's just fascinating, isn't it? It's just like oh, what a what a you know it changes everything. The yeah. your you know the basis of religion changes the way you think about every single thing. And I think you know I heard something recently about you know even even now I, th- I think I might be wrong here, but I'm sure in the UK the biggest religion now is no religion. I read that recently. Yeah. Yet still, I mean, so especially sort of from, so my generation is the first generation that's left wing as they've got older instead of becoming more conservative. Yep. And that whole, the whole idea of left wing actually is based in, you know, in Jesus and yeah. the way he was. That's sort of like, and, and it's, so those reli- religions do affect you even if you're not even religious. You don't believe in them. So it's interesting to see how, you know, these stories affect people and, no, entirely, and I think the Norse stories are so ingrained into our lives that there are always elements. Some some people have said there are no original stories left; that all the stories have been told, and we're just retelling them. Yeah. And when you look at the Norse stories, you can find lots of elements of the Norse stories in other stories. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think um, these characters and these ideas are so ingrained into us as a culture and our pop culture that it becomes a real pleasure yeah yeah and, and, and Neil Gaiman I think you've chosen possibly the best retelling of these stories because yeah, it's just it's it's an entertaining retelling as well as it's yeah. not it's, it's, no, it's not boring no it's a really easy read you'll fly through it and yeah just really I just yeah really enjoyed reading these like and and, and the fact that they are in a way they're short stories but they all tie together like very well so kind of is and it isn't yeah. at the same time really just yeah couldn't couldn't recommend it enough do you really. have a favourite Norse god or um, I don't know if I have a favourite I think my favourite stories are the the Odin stories yeah I, I mean there's something about the idea I mean the idea that Odin is the sort of the king of them and initially you think oh, well he must be the good one then and he's far from it he's actually possibly the, yeah, the worst of all of them. Quite, quite a rogue. <laughs> yeah, and it, and I think that it's fascinating, you know. And but all all of them really do have sort of interesting sort of. I, I mean, the story of the the hammer and and that with Loki turning into the fly and stuff yeah. is a really that is a really good story. Yeah, you know, it's good fun. Um, but they all are really, aren't they? Yeah. Um, oh, they're fantastic stories. Yeah, I'm really glad you've chosen that one. Superb. So your next choice for us then, please, Matt. Okay, um, another, another novel. Um, okay. So this one, um, you may have heard of it, uh, Golden Hill 
by Francis Spufford. Yes. So this is, I read this not, not, I think it was possibly another lockdown read actually. Yeah. Um, a really interesting one because I started it and I it didn't really know what it was about. Um, it's about, so it's someone that goes over to New York um, when it's a, you know, early in its sort of English settlement times. And um, he's owed, he's owed some money. So he goes over there to turn into, and, that, and that's sort of all you really know. Like even now, like it's one of them stories where I can't tell you because it would ruin the ending. Yeah, sort that's of thing. fine. But it's dead. Like you don't really know what's going on ever, and it starts off, and you and it's it's sort of written in semi of the speech of the time, sort of just just enough. So it keeps you on your toes. Yeah, and you're a bit like this is a bit difficult. I don't know. I don't really know what I'm getting out of this, but it keeps you hooked because you're like, I don't know what it is. And after a while, you're really, like I was really into it and really just not knowing what's going on, but just following this man and his journeys. And he, yeah. and he goes on some, it's like a little adventure of, of just like the, like everything, all the bad luck that could happen sort of happens to him in the time that he's trying to achieve his goal, which you don't know what it is. <laughs> but he's talking to you as if you do as well, which is kind of like, I missed something. Do I know? Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, and then by the end of it, you, it reveals it, and you're like, "Ah, oh, right." And you're not. It's like you're not even actually. You don't mind by the end what it. It could be anything, but you've just been on the journey with him, sort of thing. Um, just a really, yeah, just a really interesting read. Something very different that I didn't didn't know what I was getting into when I got into it. And I think the idea that it was difficult at the start, and because the language is a bit difficult yeah. to get to grasp with. But once I did, I re- I was hooked, and um, I've read I've read a few books where I'm like, this is really good, but I'm not, you know, when you're just not yeah. like hooked, and every now and again you'll get one, and you're like, oh, yeah, really just racing through it. Yep, there's the ones where you go, this is really well written. Oh, yeah. It's a really good book, but I'm not finding every spare thirty seconds of the day to open it. Yeah, absolutely. This is one of those books. It's obviously. You know, there's there's loads of nuggets of sort of those early American sort of settlement things in New York, which is quite fascinating as well. I quite like the time period and and those sort of early early American story because I feel like there's a there's a big gap between us settling in America and America becoming a nation. Yeah, we're huge. That you kind of don't really hear a lot about. No, we, we we it's something that isn't really discussed in our history curriculum at all. No. Very clearly ashamed of the yeah, whole thing. Well, <laughs> there was that whole business with independence. Yeah, that's not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not. I mean, it's it, it's shameful across, though, isn't it? From the moment we land, really, we you know we didn't behave well, and no, I think generally, if you look at our past, people have very seldomly covered themselves in glory. And I think, seeing as there's no there's no victory at the end of it, no. I guess we're just never going to learn about it at school. That's kind no. of. Yeah, we'll just we'll sweep this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But because of that, it's quite fascinating, and you sort of see bits of it, and you know, it's still it's done with enough that you're like, oh yeah, but it kind of it's not a history book at the same time, which yeah. can some you know sometimes these can bog stories down, can't they? But yeah, it doesn't in this. It's and it gives you a good layout of what New York was and the size of it because you kind of like well now obviously what we think of as New York is nothing like this. No. No, it was a very different place. Yeah. Excellent. So, what, where, where are we going now? Okay, so this is, I think this is my last novel on the okay. list, um, which is 
I think this is probably my favourite one as mm-hmm. well uh, of them. Uh, this is a book called Till um, by Daniel Kelman. T-Y-L. T-Y-L-L, yeah. 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 It's, um, it's in my pile at home. Yes. Oh, good. Uh, this is a really... It's, it, it's the kind of book that I think is a bit of a Marmite book uh, from what I've seen. Really splits people down the middle. So you'll either, like me, absolutely love it or be like, why did I read that, I guess. <laughs> uh, but it... It's just it's so so it's based on a a character from I think G- Germanic folklore who's like a jester, but it's set during the Thirty Years' War, which is sort of like a uh, bit of a European World War yeah. scenario of is it like seventeen hundreds isn't it Yeah, everyone just kind of like all went for it. Yeah, it's it's one of them again. We don't learn a lot about, but it was massive. Yeah, um, I think probably because. It didn't really reach our shores. No. So it was taking no. place in Europe. But this is, it's set during that, but it's sort of this guy. So, it, I mean, it's historical fiction, but it it's not really, you don't read it for accuracy. No. But there is a certain accuracy, which is really what made me like it so much, because it's, it's more the stuff with the sort of the common folk, um, their attitudes towards things, um, the the idea behind magic at the time. And the way the book is, is I've never really, is, I've not read anything like it. I'd love to find something like it again, yeah. but can I find anything like it? I don't know. It, but the way it treats magic is, is it's, it's weird because it's not in a way that, you know, you'd imagine. It's just the way that they used to think about magic. Yeah. So people talk about it and it's 100% real. Yeah. But, it, but equally it isn't. And it's just like, so there's a guy like, yeah, I'm an expert on dragons. So we know, you know, I've got dragon scales from from the Netherlands or whatever. And you know that it's, whatever he's got is not that. Yeah. But he's so sure of it. And I think there's a lot of stuff in it that make you think, oh, you, you know, it's things you know, but then when, when it's explained to you like that, it's almost like a window into that time. And you can kind of be like, oh, I, I never really thought about, like I thought about the way they think about it, but not to that extent that, I now understand to a level that it would be a massive part of your life. Oh, huge! Because it, like, it would a hundred percent exist. Like, what a, what a strange notion. Yeah, it, it was an accept. I, mean, I suppose if you you earlier in the in the episode you, you you struck on the thing that we are now possibly no religion is our biggest religion, mm. and you've got to remember that this is a, this is a world where the Gospels were taken as literal. Mm. And if a man can perform these miracles and that hell and all of its threats are very much real, then why on earth would witchcraft and sorcery not also yeah. be real? You know, we know these are the works of the devil. Yeah. It's, so it, it, it's just part of life. It has to exist, yeah. really, doesn't it? Yeah, and, and I think this, this book does a really good way of telling that. Whilst also telling the... like, a, It's got sort of a, n- a number of characters it kind of follows, but Till is a particularly... Obviously, he's, you know, the main character, but it's everyone that sort of is affected by him. Yeah. Uh, in And in completely unrelated ways, and it kind of tells his life... Um, but it, and he's and it's like it's not it's it's a bit of a dark book so you know if someone there are themes in it that might be 
upsetting for some to read. Um, but it doesn't, it's not graphic in that yeah. way. So it's kind of, it's darkness lies in what it alludes to. Yeah, which I think is sometimes the best way to handle those situations. Yeah, because it still has it still has all the gravity of it and and everything, um, and you still feel like whoa after reading those bits. But uh, yeah, it's just it's really fascinating, and it and it you 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 still not sh- like he's still got that sort of mysticism around him, the character, and you're not really sure by the end, kind of if you even like him, um, but a part of you does, and a part of you doesn't. It's really fascinating follow. And yeah, just like I say, there's not been a book that I've ever read like no, it. I always think it's a true sign of a wonderful author when they can craft a character that either you go on a complete journey arc with where you go from hating them to loving them or you are so torn over the character. You're really just not sure how you feel about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I think the other, the other one that leaps out of pages for me in that kind of way is uh, Jamie Lannister. In the Game of Thrones yeah, series, yeah. you know, you absolutely loathe that man at the start, <laughs> yeah. and by the end, you like you like crying for him. Yeah, and it's like it's what how you know knowing what you know, how on earth can you feel like that by the end? Yeah, and like, and, who knows? and again with Till, you know, you've got a character who does some really not good things. Well, it's it's not so much that necessarily. It, the, I mean, the darkness lies in kind of what happens to. To him and two other people, but there are bits where he's like, he's clearly not, you know, he's very selfish, yeah. you know, and he, and he's, he's not nice to other people, he, you know, and and that is in there. It's enough. It's enough. It, there's, there's nothing he does that's over, overbearingly bad, but there are things that you're just like, why would you do that? Yeah, that's, you know, that's that sort not of thing. normal. Yeah, like it's not and, normal behavior. And there's a lot of that with a lot of people in it, but it just gives you a real like. Th- a real window, I think, into what the past might have been like. Yeah. Without without ever being able to really know. We're getting down your list now. So what's what's your what's your next choice for us? So the next one, um, this was this was difficult because I wanted to pick I wanted to pick a Hellboy book because it's a really I mean it's a it's a massive saga. Yeah. Um, which you don't always get in in comic books. A, a really long saga that that has an ending as well. Um, so I did. I picked sort of what what is technically the ending. I don't know if it technically. Well, I mean, don't know if it really. It's kind of an afterthought almost, but it, it, Hellboy in Hell. Hellboy in Hell. Yeah. So I guess this is somewhat of a spoiler if anyone's thinking of reading. But I mean, it's out. But if anyone's thinking of reading the Hellboy books, uh, it, it kind of there's a there's a massive long story going from. His discovery, yeah. which you know a lot of people would have seen in the films anyway, yeah. um, and leading up to sort of his last battle, which is all based in Arthurian legendary. I mean, yeah. the, what's good about Hellboy is it is it includes just you know mythology, folklore from every oh. single corner of the world it, yeah. it can it can find, um, which is what's so I think you know if you're into that, there's this there's so much in here, uh, but this is kind of such a really really thoughtful ending so he dies in the last battle goes to hell and and what's what i really like about hellboy is the idea that he is railing against the prophecy that he is going to be the leader of hell mm-hmm. that's kind of what it is everyone's always trying to he's got this big rock hand that's supposed to open the doorway of hell and hell will come to earth and he will be the king and he's not having it 
He's good even when he's supposed to be evil throughout the whole thing to the point he dies and goes to hell. He is one of the most enigmatic characters that I've come across in that genre. It's just... And, and, and it's amazing, I guess, how many panels are just him saying, shut up, yeah, as well, which is dead. Because it's always like someone will start rallying on at him about how he, they, he should be living up to the prophecy. Yeah. And he just, he just doesn't want it. He's got, he's got no interest in it, and he's, he will constantly fight against it. And that's kind of what's so endearing about him. And the idea, I think we've all had those moments where you, in someone else's eyes or... Even if it's in your own eyes, you should be one thing. Yeah. But it's the idea that you can be what you want. You don't have to be that. And I think that's what's so good about it. And it gets to the point where he goes to hell. Um, and so, I mean, he dies and you think that's the end. This is sort of encapsulation of everything. So he meets people down there that he's that he's defeated and stuff like that. And it, and it comes to sort of a head where he he essentially does kind of, in a way, become the ruler of hell but not in the way that anyone wanted, yeah. not in the way any of the demons wanted. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm I'm cutting out a lot of story, mainly because I've already spoiled a bit, and I, and I think it's such a good story. It's yeah. worth going through anyway. But, um, yeah, he ends up really becoming what he was prophesied to be, but not, but not at the same time. Yeah. And I think it's just a really clever ending. And it's thoughtful, and you, you're satisfied with with what is, you know, years of storyline... Which is quite impressive, and I think in, initially, when Mike Mignola wrote it, he was it was going to be Hellboy in Hell, and he was just going to do that forever from then on. So just different stories about him in Hell, and he just sort of came up with an ending, and he was like, "Well, I just felt it, it can end there, so I did." Yeah. This, and this is a natural end point yeah, of the story, which is kind of you know to stick with it for that long and have a satisfying end. Uh, that's I think that's impressive. It, I think it's masterful storytelling. Yeah. yeah. Because in order to to feel like you've tied up all the ends you need to, you know, it's very easy when writing to become obsessive about making sure you've 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 told all those stories, you've wrapped yeah. all those loose ends, you've you packaged things the way they should be, and to reach the end of a saga. And you're right, Hellboy is a saga. It's a very long, detailed story, and it's full. Well, it's, yes, you know. It's a fair few omnibuses if you yeah. want to read it all, sort of thing. I think it's like five, yeah, you know, massive editions, really. But it's worth it's worth going through, and and that ending, it's it's done in a way that, you know, if he wanted to, he could go back, but he doesn't need to, and that's what's so good about it. Superb. So, where are we on your list now, Matt? We're on number nine. Number nine. Yeah, so edging so towards edging towards the end. Yeah. What made the penultimate choice? Okay, so this was um, again. This is another comic book. It's uh, it's called Mesolith. Mesolith, not one yeah. I've heard of. No, so this is it is a lesser known one, um, but um, you might be familiar with the work of at least one of these. Um, so it's written by Ben Haggerty, who is um, he's sort of, I think he's a world-renowned expert on folklore and and and, that, and such. So well-known in that community. Uh, but it's also the the art is done by Adam Brockbank, who did a lot of the designs for the Harry Potter movies. Okay. So, you know, all the monsters and, you know, the little things underwater, the mermaids and all, and all that. 
Yeah, that's Grindylows and such yeah, thing. yeah. So he did all the work for that. So you know, it's got that kind of look to it. Uh, but essentially, what it's about is um, it's about a young, like a young boy from a Stone Age tribe, and um, his sort of life in the Stone Age, kind of mixed in with a load of folk tales that have that have been transformed to fit in with that time. To a point where you're like, oh, yeah, I suppose. Because obviously, I mean, we all, the, the, the thing you know is like these stories are older than than, oh, than yeah. we know sort of thing. So it, the ones we know are probably crazy different to the ones before and so forth, like you no, said before. One of the things I love about, and particularly the genre of fairy tales, um, you know, th- these stories have got such legs. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a fantastic version of... Uh, Sleeping Beauty, where she doesn't consult the, um, no, not Sleeping Beauty, Snow White, where she, the Queen doesn't consult the uh, magic mirror, but the uh, magic salmon in the well. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it just it yeah. changes it completely, yeah. doesn't it, to what we know, and you know it becomes comical almost. Yeah. But it, but at the time it wouldn't have been. Um, but yeah, th- and this is like kind of moving them, but still they still have the same feel to them. So, I, I mean, I wouldn't know the name of the story. There's a story about, it's a bit like the, the Selkie story, you know, the the woman with the skin of the seal. Yeah. And then a man hides it away and forces her to marry him. Is that what with, um, it's with swans instead. So yeah. I think I think that is another well-known version of it. Um, but yeah, that's that's one of the stories, but done, and, and they're all told as if they're, you know, almost like, connected to him in some way like so he knows the person and and it's and it's also kind of has you know relationships between tribes and again like you know things that aren't often really covered and might not even be necessarily true but it's an idea of what it might have been yeah and it makes you think yeah it could have easily been that and i think that's what's fascinating about it i you know that sounds so up my street yeah it really I, i think you know I think you would like this one. There's two volumes of it. Um, so this is the first one I've picked. Yeah. Um, which I think, uh, you know, it's always that case where when you've not read anything sort of like it before. It's, 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 the, it's the, the impressive. It's the great uh, tragedy of my life as a shelf indulgent presenter is that I, I, you know, I get this ever-growing mountain yeah. of books to read. I mean, the good thing about this is it's quite short. Okay. You would read this, you could easily read this in a couple of hours, I'd say, probably less. Um, really nice though. Um, looks amazing. Obviously, it's got some really interesting creatures in, and it's like a world that you'll know with whilst it also feeling fresh. Yeah, I like I like the idea that it's this origin story of these stories that are embedded in our yeah, almost in our DNA. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and there's a lot of that in it, whilst also being an on- like sort of a story about this boy. And his life in the tribe and sort of the struggles he goes through. Uh, really interesting. Really, like I say, easy read. But again, reframing sort of how you think about that time. In Superb. You're listening to Micro Brew Radio. Sit down, get yourself a bagel and a cup of coffee. And listen in, tune in to Micro Brew Radio. The radio for you. So we've come to your last choice. What what is the last one, Matt? What's okay? The last one, um, which again, like I think I probably 
somehow fittingly placed this last. Uh, it's a book called Multiversity. Yeah. So anyone that's you know seen any recent superhero films will be aware of, uh, or just you know science or whatever. But the multiverse and the idea that there's loads of different Earths with all different versions of us. Superheroes love it because they can do different versions of the superheroes, you know, yeah. and stuff. Uh, but this was again. This is uh, and, and again, this is by the same the same writer that did All Star Superman, Grant Morrison. Um, but he does it's twelve interlinking stories about um, different Earths and what happens on them, um, and the idea that there's this thing that goes in between them, and it's it's basically a multiverse wide crisis that's got to be solved by every Earth going, and it's just got every different version. So you've got like a Pulpy Noir version of the Justice League. Then you shoot forward to some, you know, uh, uh, like Shazam and loads of different versions of Shazam fighting. And then there's like a kid's version of the Justice League here. But I think there's one particular story, which is they use the character. So obviously uh, you'll know the Watchmen. Yep. Initially when that was written... They, those characters are based on characters from DC. Yeah. Um, for ages, they weren't sure whether they were going to use those characters or whether they were going to make new ones. And the stories kind of played out and they were like, well, because it was to do with them, DC like acquiring all these new characters. Well, they weren't new characters at the time, but they, the companies that owned these characters, they had acquired. And they were like, well, you know, a lot of these characters die, so we don't want to get them and then kill them off straight away. So make them new characters. But what Grant Morrison did here was use the characters that all the Watchmen are based on to create sort of a version of Watchmen from another Earth. Wow. And what he does really well, and it's it's only in one issue, but what he does really well is explain sort of the idea of who watches the Watchmen and the fact that as a reader, you have the power of Dr. Manhattan. So who watches the Watchmen? The answer is us. Yeah. And the idea is that no matter what you're doing when you're reading that story, you can go through time. You can be like, it's this day. Go through it. You can flick to the end if you want. Read the end. You can read it in any order you want. You don't, but you could do. And that's the power that he has. Yeah. No, I I love that idea. Uh, Certainly, it's an idea that I've... I've come across before in books where the fact the, the 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 book and the reader have a relationship that is some otherworldly, almost deific kind of yeah. relationship. And that's and that's really what multiversity is all about because there's there's I mean, like I say, there's a lot of stories and they all tie in, but there's another one where it's kind of saying like do not read this book. By reading this book, you've co- you're causing the end of the world because that's what's happening. Yeah. And then and then they're constantly warning you throughout. And it's just, it's quite clever the way it makes you think about reading. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of a double whammy like that and the idea that, I just like the idea that he has so simply explained the question that is Watchmen yeah. as well. Um, and I think sometimes it's nice to have that. And you're like, oh, yeah, you know, I never really thought about it. You know, you read it. Um, but now, I, you know, that's oh. a really interesting thing to understand. Damn you, Matt, you put another <laughs> one in my pile. Another <laughs> one in my pile. Well, there you go. Yeah, that's and, and 
that that's my last one really i just uh, it's quite a big one that one it's it like i say 12 issues and they're all all the issues were like double length as well so really it's more like 24 issues but again it's a lot quicker to read a comic book than it is a book so yeah you, you still yeah. you're still looking at less time Big than pictures it is. give you a certain economy definitely of words yeah yeah, yeah. still allow you to get that detail yeah yeah but you'll get a lot from it as well that's yeah. what's good about it well fantastic thank you very very much for joining us and sharing your desert island library with us yeah no thank you for having me and um, until next week readers when i shall be back next week uh, with elaine pritchard discussing her book Labour of Love she's one of our local authors to Burton so until next week ladies and gents good reading good reading this show is part of Microbrew Radio Burton on Trent's community radio station you can hear this and plenty of other shows over on microbrewradio.com Find our app on the iOS or Android stores, or just say, Alexa, play Micro Brew Radio. And if you like what you hear, please let us know on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Thanks. <laughs>